Another edition of Brothers Two Brothers Talking Notre Dame Football. That beer. A little coffee in the morning. Clutch, how you doing? Good, good, good. Now I'm hot, aren't I? I think my mic was down earlier. Check, check, check. There we go. It's a little bit better. You're quiet. I'm, I'm what? I'm loud. That sounds great, right there. All right, all right. That sounds awesome. Being loud now. I'm coming to you from the news desk. Yeah, you got some plays drawn up in the background there. Been breaking down uh, Parker's plays. That's yeah. name Parker, or your Connor Stallion. Oh, I, that wouldn't be X's and O's, and it'd be the actual <laughs> yeah, <picture. laughs> the signs. Yeah, it'd be the picture. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that too. That's a big game coming up this weekend: Michigan and Ohio State. All the buildup. Between these Ooh. wacky programs, Ryan Day yeah. and Jim Harbaugh and, and Connor Stallion. I keep seeing, you know, the funny thing is, let me kill this music. But the funny thing is that I, I keep seeing people will find games. Like, I think uh, the new one that I just uh, I just saw on X was uh, a recording from the Michigan State uh, Michigan game from last year and Connor Stallion on the sideline. Now it was a it must have been the game camera and so they had an arrow pointing at him and how he was working the sideline this very low level staffer um was working the sideline and every time michigan state would get into a formation he'd run over to the coordinator and scream something out at him or from what people were saying is he was actually screaming to players which is illegal to do because he's he's not an actual coach He's screaming the plays to the uh, to the players on the field, so they know hmm. what's coming. So now, big game. What do you think about that game? What do you? I mean, we're Notre Dame fans, so it, th- this week to me means no nothing. I mean, I I know all the build up, everything. It's Michigan, Ohio State, but I just I don't know. It just it makes me want to puke every yeah, year. Yeah, well, I mean, like this year's. Uh, it's bittersweet for us because we should have beat Ohio state. Uh, and then Michigan is riding this. They're like almost riding two waves. They got the wave of being undefeated this year and having a pretty solid team. Uh, although I, I don't think they've been tested really too much. Penn state might've been uh, the best test. And, uh, they got this whole thing with the, with the big 10 up their ass because of the, you know, breaking this rule of stealing plays. Um, I think uh, one thing I'd like to see though, is I, I, I don't know. I, there, there are years where Michigan, we always hate Michigan, but there are years that I really don't like Michigan more. And this is one of those years. I don't like their quarterback. He's the cockiest motherfucker that I've seen out there besides Caleb Williams. And he, I can't even believe they were talking to him about being um, Heisman hopeful because I don't see anything great about him. 
just other than he's on an undefeated team, but you know, that, that, that should make it a, a great player. And I mean, they're putting on sunglasses on the sideline when they have an interception and all this, you know, cockiness, you know, I don't know. It just, it just makes me hate him worse. And the fact that we're sitting in the back seat, back of the school bus watching this kind of sucks. Uh, and I'm getting tired of doing that. So I did see a good tweet, uh, tweet if I can bring it up real quick. Um, yeah. Yeah, real quick, real quick, because I saw saw it this morning for uh, from Pete Sampson, um, legit tweet too. Just wondering about you know what happened to Notre Dame this year um, with, and I don't know the, the the stats themselves. Let me let me just pull this up. I'll see. I don't even know where it is. Um, it's on X. I know that. It's on X. It's on X. It's on X. X. Gonna give it to you. It's probably not gonna come up to um so basically it was breaking down the fact that like what their what their offense was ranked um as far as you know obviously scoring offense, uh how many yards they were producing, and compared to how many yards they were actually giving up. And um and they compared it to Georgia when Georgia won the national championship and went undefeated and I'm like wow I mean yeah it, it it says a lot about what happened at the beginning of the year and what we when we played soft teams and how we scored and how we played defense but our defense has been pretty solid I think throughout the, the entire year even against the, the tough com- opponents um, knowing the fact that they were on the field a lot of the times because Notre Dame had stalled out on offense a lot um I can't find that tweet though. God damn it! Or sweet, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I, I need to stop saying "God damn it" and say "sweet Jesus" more often. Sweet Jesus, <laughs> sweet Jesus. I can't find it. Sweet and, and sour Jesus. You know, if if Pete Sampson would stop tweeting like twenty thousand times a day, maybe now that's that's not his fault. I should have saved it. I didn't. Anyways, but it was something to that line of the fact that like they're obviously their offense is um is ranked very high. Their defense is ranked very high. And they've actually they I think they've scored averaged more than 37 points a game. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's up there uh, this entire season that they've scored about 37 points per game. And that's the most in probably um what 50 60 years I think they said it was since like the 1960s. Hmm. So, so you know what? Say what you w- want about this Notre Dame team. With all the problems that they did have an offense, I think their defense obviously was the glue that held this team together. But their offense really wasn't terrible. It was terrible in, in moments against great teams. And yeah. uh, and again, it's that Notre Dame that wants to get over that hill and beat those elite teams like the Ohio States. And uh, well, that we should have beat Clemson and 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 Louisville. There was just I don't know those those are big letdowns. And um, and Ohio State, we should have won that game. We should be undefeated right now. We really should. And it's kind of sad to know that we're going to go and play a pretty crappy bowl game come December, probably thirty first or thirtieth or whatever it is going to be. Yeah, and I saw a tweet, somebody saying that uh, the lineup right now was looking like Notre Dame, Maryland, and somebody said they can't play Maryland in the bowl game, which I don't understand why. Um, so they're I, they're off the whole LSU kick that Notre Dame's going to play LSU? I, I hope. I, I hope so we would get our ass kicked. Cause, oh, uh, I'm, 
Yeah, their quarterback, quarterback is just ridiculous. So, and um, I don't think uh, I don't think Notre Dame's defense is ready for that, even though their defense is, is pretty damn good. Um, but jumping back to the whole Michigan, yeah, Ohio I'm, State. Oh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you have more thing to add? No, I was just going to say too that um, you know, I'm sitting here uh, being Debbie Downer, listening to you about this, and I'm like, why have we gone through so many years of coaches that get right to that level, uh, undefeated seasons, um, you know, seasons that are one win, or I'm sorry, one loss. And we we just don't have that team that crests over and can be that powerhouse that people fear again. I think people more fear about the, they're more they more fear or get excited about Notre, the Notre Dame nostalgia than what the team is currently. You know, another team similar team walks in Alabama and they're nervous they're going to get crushed. Uh, they come into Notre Dame and they're like nervous that they're not going to have enough battery in their camera to take enough pictures with Touchdown Jesus and the grotto and the Notre Dame, you know, stadium. It's like, it's like, it's not the same. And I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm not part of the program. So I don't know how they get over that hump, but it sucks being a fan. Um, You know, maybe it's going to take a couple of years. I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, everyone makes that point where they're like, Hey, look, second year head coach Lou Holtz, you know, he lost so many amount of games or, um, you know, Dan Vine or, uh, you know, um, you know, Newt Rockney or whatever it is, I'll throw out a coach out there and say his second year and this is what he did. And then on his third year, he won a national championship. Well, times are different and times are way different. And, um, and next year starts a 12 team playoff that could help Notre Dame. It could hurt Notre Dame. I don't know. Um, I know that they have to be up in that top 10 even with two losses to make that field. And um, so it gives them a little breathing room. I think uh, this playoff knowing that like it, they can probably get away with losing two and still possibly make the playoffs, you know, it's, it's solid. If they, if they lose one game, there's, I think they're uh, they got a playoff spot easily, but um, yeah, losing two, I think there's, they still are kind of in it and that, is it way different from this year where it's, you know, you get two losses and you're done. And uh, now you're talking New Year's Six Bowl and you lose a third like we have and you're completely out of it. Um, I don't know. There might be even th- uh, three loss teams because you look at a team like um, LSU and and what they're doing right now in this point of the season. And they've lost, what, four games, I think, three or four games. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're a playoff team. And- is this I forget is this still a a four team playoff this year or where does it doesn't yeah, it move still, up to still four so go to 12 next year 12 okay okay yeah I don't know if they are I mean I think they are on the by the eye right now the eye test um but how the committee and how they vote um the coaches in that committee and 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 such they they weigh heavily on undefeated. They weigh less on what you've done lately and more, you know, what the body of work is sometimes. I don't know. Um, no, what I mean by that is that, um, you know, 
Alabama could lose again and maybe still make the playoff or Georgia could lose. And in the back in the day, if you lost this late in the season, you were done. Yeah. It was too late in the season. Notre Dame lost the national championship one year because of that, because they lost to Boston college at the end of the year. So it, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, that te- typically doesn't happen anymore because, Oh, it's Alabama. Now, if you're TCU and you lose at the end of the year, you're done and over with. So there's a big, there's a big difference in the, um, and how they, perceive all these teams and what they're doing so i don't know it's going to be a tougher road to the national championship with 12 teams in a playoff format it's it's going to be fun to watch but it's going to be uh there's going to be a lot of uh, heart attack moments for fans out there because um i mean it's you're gonna have to win a lot of games especially if you're the 12th team or whatever if you're ranked pretty low and getting up there it's gonna have to win a few games to get to the national championship Florida State lost their quarterback uh, this last weekend, so Ugly. Um, that was. Ooh. I did not see it myself oh. in the aircast, so I assumed he broke something in his leg. But oh gosh, he uh, he's out. So they're, they're, Florida State's going to play Louisville for the ACC championship, and um, that's odd. That I don't think Louisville's ever made it, which is weird because you think Lamar Jackson would have won it, would have been in that championship that year. He was he was playing there, but. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. And then Mrs. Ole Miss is really good. Um, you know, you can't say Clemson is this year. Uh Missouri, if you've seen Missouri play, they've got a running back that I think he's a running back. Dude, it goes like quick. Um so there's a lot of the the, the bowl season is actually gonna be really interesting this year to see how everybody pans out at the end when the dust all settles after the bowls and after the the champ the playoffs. So well, next year will definitely be exciting. Um, almost halfway through this podcast, and we haven't even talked about, you know, Notre Dame and what they did last weekend. They played Wake Forest in their final uh, home game of the year, Senior Day, and uh, they won forty-five to seven, pretty convincingly. Somebody uh, was Debbie, big time Debbie Downer, saying that something bad was going to happen. Yes, you were. Yeah, we we're trying to <laughs> talk you off the ledge there. Um, but it didn't. I mean, you know, I mean. It, <laughs> Now, this is obviously Sam Hartman's former team. He had a lot of players that he knew on that team. Um, did he play well? Yeah, didn't do he did, he did better than he had in the previous games, especially against Clemson. He was uh, 21 for 29, uh, 277 yards and four TDs, no interceptions. And uh, and it looks like they, uh, they might have found a play action that actually works and helps him out a little bit. Um, they did a, they ran that play a few times. Um, one guy pointed out the, one of our obviously our friends uh wayne pointed out um from a tweet about uh steve agnelli um angeli sorry angeli peanut butter and jelly good lord and i was like who's that guy Ag- agnelli <laughs> i i am the worst pronouncer of names ever agnelli, but agnelli. Peanut butter peanut butter and, and Ag- agnelli. agnelli yeah hey um no, but he was he he was terrific. So he uh, he he led uh, you know, and obviously in 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 garbage time, he ran the team down to the red zone and at the line, called an audible, and on a play action, nice little pass to uh, Jordan Faison for a touchdown over the shoulder too, right? Um, yeah, right in the bucket. I mean, he, that went I right know. in the bucket. I'd like to see, you know, I, I want to see more of him uh, in the Stanford game, maybe in the bowl game. I don't know what's going to happen. That's going to be a good question. Does Sam Hartman play in a bowl game? Um, he's obviously done. He's, he's probably going to start gearing up for the NFL. Does he play in a bowl game and risk injury? I think he probably does because he loves Notre Dame so much. That the fact that he's going to go out there and play, 
Um, Risk injury to what? Fish yeah. next year? What? He's going to try to make. He's going to try to make a team. No one's going to. No one is going to pick. No one in their right mind would pick him up. Anybody, any quarterback that consistently throws off his back foot, like he's like he's shooting a fadeaway three from the corner of the of the court, should right. be drafted in the NFL at all. We'll see what happens. Um, I know that I listened to the radio broadcast, and it's funny that you say back of the foot because every single time. Um, Sam Hartman was throwing off his back foot. Ryan Harris would make a point of, of <laughs> <laughs> mentioning it off his back foot, off his back foot. So it's just, you know, it's a terrible looking play. I mean, so many things can go wrong when you're throwing off your back foot, but maybe right. I'm, I'm not a coach. I'm not a coach clutch. Looks like you're a coach of the play in the background, but um, I am not. Yeah. I'm not a coach. So I wouldn't know. Um, I, I believe that you think Audric estimate plays in a bowl game. Um. I don't know. Uh, so there's a couple of tweets I want to talk about that I shared with you guys. One of them is that uh, rumor has it that Audric Estime is going to will is predicted to make more money, uh, could make more money next year as an NIL running back than too. an NFL running back. Does that um, does that mean that he stays with Notre Dame or does he go to another team that's offering more money in the NIL? Uh, I mean, I Notre know. Dame paints itself as this team who has a different style with that nil and i don't know what that involves um they're making they do make money obviously i we we've heard of you know contracts with um sam hartman and beats beats headphones and Mm -hmm. um i don't know i i i I, is there more money out there i I know there is there's tons of money out there i mean teams are are paying a, a crap load of money to players to come to their team to play one year before going to the nfl why do you think sam hartman came back yeah, I don't think I, I I don't know if it was me, I would just stay where I'm at. If you're if you're if you think you're going to make more money than the NFL at the place you're at that you've already played at, why for a, maybe for a couple more million, maybe, I guess, or not even that. I mean, and then maybe not have a good season. I mean, look at Caleb Williams. How much crap did he sign up with over the offseason? Dr. Pepper? Uh, what is it, Wendy's? Um. And he signed some stuff because I saw one of one of the um, was it what commercial was it for? Oh, it was uh, Nissan. He's doing one of those Heisman's living with the Heisman's in uh, Nissan commercial. And he they were talking about how he like the commercial puns off him doing more um, uh, commercials. And they're showing right. the other Heisman. I don't know if you saw this, but they showed the other Heisman winners doing like commercials for products as they're pulling something out of the fridge and stuff like that. So I throw him a can of like UCLA, like tea, sweet tea or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I, I can't do this. But anyways, long story short, he's doing all these endorsements and he sucks this year. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how that works on your NIL contract. Do they kind of say, okay, we're done now. Cause you, you aren't doing good this year. I mean, he probably, he'll still get drafted high, but I don't know if I was this man, I'd stay where I'm at where, you know, I'm rocking it. So, um, well, Audric had 115 yards this past week. Uh, he is very close. I think he is, I think he is somewhere around 920 some yards, um, for breaking a thousand. So he's going to break a thousand at Stanford. Here's another, my, one of my concerns. Uh, do he you should have, he should have broke it. He didn't bring it, break a thousand yet. I don't think he has. I'm trying. I'm, try, okay. I'm, look, I'm looking at it here. Okay. Um, 
Ah, da, da, da. Um, so, oh, I got. Let me throw this stat here. This is sure, what I was trying ahead. to find. Steve Angeli. No, he has, has eleven hundred yards. My bad. He has eleven hundred okay. yards. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has a chance to go over twelve hundred yards this weekend. This is pretty impressive. I think he's he's way down the list though on yards. Oh, I don't know if that stat. I might have been a different stat. Anyways, let me read this one off to you. Yeah, go ahead. Cumulative 2023 stats, 19 of 24 for 272 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's Steve and Jelly. Now, garbage time. I understand, you know, so we got to look at that. But um, I'd like He's, to see him in a in a, in a a complete game situation. And yeah. they, have a, they have a chance to do it. I don't understand, you know, put it, start him in the bowl game. I don't care. I don't care if they win or lose the bowl game. I really don't care. I mean, I obviously oh, rather see him no. win. But again, like, why? Why do we? Why? Why can't we see our future quarterback? Because I think he is going to be the future quarterback, regardless of who they pick up. Unless you know, you think that Dante Moore is going to transfer from UCLA to Notre Dame. I don't think they're picking up any. There might. There might be somebody in the, in the transfer portal. But Angeli knows this offense. He knows it very well. He's been part of the program for a while. So why wouldn't you establish a quarterback within your program first and try to to try to make him your yeah. next quarterback? Yeah, I, I get you're saying, but at the bowl game level, I, you're going to have a lot of boosters, uh, administrative people that just are going to be pissed off that you did that. Do it in Stanford. Start him in Stanford. Pull him if he sucks, and put and put. Don't do that. Know, yeah. If it's me. I, I'd put I'd put Minchie back. I'd put Minchie in there and to give him a run at it too. I at this point I'd be like save Hartman till bowl game. Let him let him play the bowl game so everybody's happy. But let's let's play a little bit Stanford. However, you got to watch out. Stanford could be a little bit of a trap game. They do as bad as their schedule is. They uh they did lose to Colorado. They put up 33 and held Washington to 42. If you want to call it holding it to 42 when they played Washington, number four, Washington. So they're able to put up points. Um, they beat, And they beat Hawaii, uh, but they also lost to Sacramento State, which I didn't even know had a football team. I thought they were a basketball team, uh, team but, or a basketball school. But So I don't know. I, I, I honestly just throw them in there with Stanford. I mean, if push comes to shove, let them play under duress and see if he can come back if they get down against Stanford. And if you really need to win the game, yeah, th throw throw backfoot Larry in there to throw some fadeaway jumpers, you know, to get him back on track. <laughs> but you can have you got two, you got two running backs you can play. You could sit Ostame Ostame Ostame. I like that one Ostame <laughs> and Gelly and Gelly and Ostame Estime. You could sit. You could have Estime come in uh, for some garbage, just some garbage time to keep you keep you honest. Put the other running backs in there and let Angeli run this run the whole game and let him sweat a little bit and see if he can, you know, do a Jared Goff and pull it out of his ass and, you know, have a win in case they get behind, make some mistakes, get it out against Stanford. Don't get it out against Texas A&M the beginning of the season next year. You know what I'm saying? Get it out. Just get it out. Yes. Get it out. Yes. Get it out. All right, all right. Let's switch gears. Uh, Notre Dame basketball team. You, uh, you predicted that it's uh, what? Or you didn't really predict. You just kind of threw it out there. Over under. Will Notre Dame win ten games? 
And I said yes. over. I think they're going to win 10 games, and therefore they've won two so far. They are two and two. They uh, they played in a tournament this past uh, this past week. Um, I don't even know what the name of the tournament was. That's the Barclays Center. Uh, just some holiday tournament again. And um, they lost to Western Carolina. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. They lost to Western Carolina Catamounts, mm-hmm. uh, a, a team that they uh, should have uh should have beat but and were down by almost 20 and came back and had a chance to to get it under five but could not uh long story short i i i had said that there wasn't enough passing on this team that a lot of selfishness and i look back on the assist you know how many assists they had i think the top assist was logan imes had three assists that was the top assist so okay so fast forward a day later because I didn't think they would play another game in this tournament, but I guess they have a loser's bracket and they played Oklahoma state. Now, I don't know if, um, if you watch this game, I started it right away and just started watching it. And I was like, just before even tip, I was like, Oh dude, these guys are going to lose just based on how Oklahoma state, how bigger, how much bigger they were. Like Mm -hmm. the guys were huge and developed and have, obviously been in this program for a, for a minute. And, uh, and I just thought that no, there's no way Notre Dame is going to be able to outmatch them physically in this game. And, but they did, and they actually had over, I think a 10 point lead in the second half leading in the final moments. And, but, and then lost that lead and went to overtime and then, uh, and then beat uh, um, Oklahoma state in overtime. And I'm sorry, it wasn't the Western um, Carolina Catamounts that I was talking about for this tournament. It was Auburn. They lost to Auburn that they that uh they played a decent game and but they they were outmatched in that one. Even though Auburn played like crap. Um but let me go back and actually because I was going back through the assist on that game for Notre Dame. Again, you know the assist leader for that game? It was tied with Burton and Zona. Had two assists. Two <laughs> assists. And the that was your top assist was a forward, a tall forward, and obviously your guard. There is a lot of selfishness in this team uh, that they're not getting the ball. That changed, though, in Oklahoma State. And I don't know if Shrewsbury finally was like, dude, you guys got to work the ball around. We can't just play selfishly and 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 just keep taking Michael Jordan type of moves and try to throw up a shot like Burton does. Um, mm-hmm. And not saying he's not a great player. He's just young and he needs to be developed. Um, but the assist total kind of went up from there. Uh, the highest assist w- was Zona again with four. Um, and then Julian Roper with three. I thought Roper actually played a, a pretty decent game. Uh, 12 points, eight rebounds. Another double-double by uh, Kaczynski. I don't think it was the second in a row because I think I was talking about the Western uh, Carolina game that he had a double-double. Mm. Um, I'm going back just to see what he did. No, he had a double-double, yeah, in the Auburn game. And you know what? He might not have played any minutes in the uh, in that Western Carolina game. Um. Yeah, he had. See, that's the weirdest thing in the world. It's, I and I noticed. I think I actually told you it's that that he wasn't getting a lot of minutes leading up to this tournament. He had played seven minutes in that Western Carolina game. Seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Now that yeah. obvi- that changed when they played Auburn. He, they play Auburn. He puts him in. I think he played for over. Well, it doesn't have the minutes here. It doesn't have any minutes. Um, but I think he played over thirty. Had a double double. He had 11, uh, 11 rebounds and 18 points. He had another 11 points and 10 rebounds against Oklahoma State. I think this is a guy that you need to keep in your lineup. 
Well, you I need to start passing more. Yeah, I, I still think that he's got them. He's just try, right now trying to, before the ACC uh, conference play starts, he's trying to get these guys to gel. So he's mixing starting lineups. Um, he's playing guys more that maybe have some more um, experience, like um, Larry Bird and, and Arizona. Um, so I think that's what he's probably trying to do. And as at the same time, trying to develop a playbook or get them to learn a playbook, I should say, he's probably got the playbook. He's just trying to get them to get more involved, but you, you know how it is with basketball. We both played basketball. You get a comfort level when you start playing with somebody repetitively where, you know, where they're going to be, you know, where they're going to be at. Uh, anyways, um, the, uh, I, know, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, the playbook, blah, blah, blah. But I do want to say this. I'm going to go back to my 10-win season. Okay, I'm looking at their schedule. Where They already got two wins, right? They play Maryland Eastern Shore tomorrow. That's a win. There's three. South Carolina, Miami, Western Michigan, Marquette, Georgetown, Citadel. I'm going to say maybe, probably I'll throw Citadel, Citadel in there as a win. Four. Western, we'll give that one five. Okay, so five wins. Marist, six wins. Okay, that was the last one because then they go Virginia, NC State, Duke, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Boston College, Miami, Boston College, Virginia, Pitt, Duke, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Louis, uh, Louisville, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. They're we not winning. A, they're not getting winning another game after Marist. So right. they're done. Print it. I will Print remember it. this, and uh, we're going to lock this in so, and. So if you go with that, that's five wins by the time they get to Marist. That means I still get five more wins in all that ACC play, and I guarantee they won't get all five. They won't get five wins on us unless some miracle happens. You know, Jesus comes in and goes, "You're blessed to play awesome," and they just start playing great. So, all right, let's jump back into Notre Dame football with the time we have left. Uh, just about thirty seconds here. Uh, predictions for the uh, Stanford game and the fact that where are we watching this game? Because uh, it's going to be on the Pac-10 network. And unless you got Fubo. Oh, are you serious? Yep. So it's, it's the first time in a while that Notre Dame has not had a game other than on the Peacock, Peacock network that they haven't had a game on national television. Now it's well, the- uh, well, and this is what screws them over when they're trying to do, you know, their, their exclusivity and the p- teams they play. They, they assume everybody's going to be want to see Notre Dame. Well, only when they play decent teams and they play shit house stanford uh probably and let me guess no it's out west i was gonna say probably on the same time the ohio state michigan's games on which means no one's gonna want to watch it except your prediction stanford comes in with a horrible record i know that um let's check out what they got i already said they, they beat colorado hawaii and sacramento state Colorado didn't even make a bowl game with all that hype they had this year. Um, uh, my guess, uh, playing at Stanford, I think they do well. I think it's going to be 42-17 to 17, Notre Dame. And probably could be, could be, Clutch, this could be the last Pac-10 game you see, not against two Pac-10 foes, but this could be the last time you see a game with the Pac-10. It could be dissolved by the end of this year. Is UCLA going go to the Big Ten, too? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because they do play UCLA very rarely, but they do play them. You know, back in the day, they used to play Washington. Well, Washington was good. Um, 
Uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, they're going to play. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, definitely. UCLA is a big 10. They're playing. They start next year. Hmm, okay. Indiana, Iowa, Minnesota. Wow. They got a lot of good games to play. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a, I'm going to pick a score that I know is going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to be spot on with this. 32 to 11. Notre Dame. Hmm. That's good. So you, I don't even know. Can you even score 11 points? How would you score? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Nine score. Uh, touchdown, two point conversion, and then a safety. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you can All score. Right. Yeah, right. 11 points. I've seen it. 32 to 11. All right, 42 17. That's my prediction. Uh, and uh, that's it. And we don't got him, Alexa. So maybe. Oh, we yeah. No, no, well. I don't, I don't, I can, I'll just pretend. All I, all I know is that uh, maybe we should just uh, leave it on this note. Oh, like some old some, like highlights for the Tennessee State game. Look at that. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just a song, but I guess it's highlights. All right, let's get out of this. Hey, I want to point out to you, if he's the garbage time, most garbage time that a quarterback has is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, knee, put a knee down, put a knee down. So the fact that he scored four touchdowns and 200 and some yards passing um, tells you that he's he's throwing the ball. I mean, and uh, listen, I mean, that pass to Faison in the corner, I mean, bread basket. Nice touch, and Faison's going to be a player. Did you see that Notre Dame has another player, a uh, top lacrosse player that has signed for Notre Dame as a lacrosse player and is actually making the transition and will play football as well. So, well, is he gonna is he gonna play something that's meaningful? Is he just gonna be like the I don't know hold, holder or something? No, he's he'd probably playing offense. These guys, these guys that um, that play lacrosse can move on the field. They have a different way of playing. Now, Ferris State, you remember Ferris State had the number one lacrosse player the i don't know what the heisman trophy of lacrosse is but this guy had won it for maryland and went on to and he was a quarterback in high school but only played uh, uh lacrosse in college for maryland won a national championship was the player of the year and then decided he would transfer his last year of eligibility of college decided he's going to play quarterback for fair state went on to win a national championship that was uh jared bernhardt and uh, he got he was an un restricted or he was an undrafted free agent and made the uh the team for atlanta um and then got hurt and now he's done again so long story short it can be done play uh, lacrosse players do translate pretty well and it's going to be exciting to see phase and this other guy whoever he is uh come in and start playing football maybe maybe this is uh something new that we'll start seeing is that a lot of lacrosse players playing football in the college level and maybe going on to the nfl who knows well, Jim Brown played lacrosse, and look where it got him. So, Oh, sh- I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a real good lacrosse player. And do you know who well, – let me bring up another thing that segues off of that. Brandon Aubrey. Do you know who Brandon Aubrey is? No. He's an NFL Brandon kicker. Aubrey. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. killing it in Dallas Cowboys. Notre Dame soccer player. Never played football at Notre Dame. Wow. Yeah. So he's a uh, – looks wow. like he's from – 
He's uh, he's an American two sport, multi sport athlete. He played place kick. He's place kicker for the Dallas Cowboys NFL. Played a professional soccer as a defender. Drafted by the Toronto FC, whatever that is, Major League Soccer. Uh, he also played for the Birmingham Stallions in the United States Football League USFL from 2022 to 2023 before being signed by the Cowboys. So pretty interesting that um, you know. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, he was at Notre Dame from 2013 to 2016. You know, Kelly could have took a page out of the uh, the old Lou Holtz playbook and just walked over to the soccer team to see who they had for kickers. But, um, you know, that's uh, it's good at least that um, that uh, uh, Freeman Freeman. Why am I drawing a blank like you all? I've got the same name problem you've got now. <laughs> at least it's pulling lacrosse players or, you know, getting these lacrosse players interested coming over and playing because they've got the moves, the agility. Um, don't know if they've got the hands because they use a damn, I don't know what the bat, the stick with the basket on the end is for lacrosse, but what's what that's called. But, you know, maybe they've got some good hand-eye coordination catching that little hard ball. So, Well, this is the number two recruit in the uh, 2024 uh, class. Uh, his name is Jeffrey, Jeffrey, no, Matt Jeffrey, Matt Jeffrey, Matt Jeffrey, number two. And he's coming from, uh, from, I think, uh, from Connecticut. He has si signed a national letter of intent to play uh, lacrosse in Notre Dame and, and the national championship team, lacrosse mm. team, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he is going to play for the football team. And it looks like he played quarterback. He, I guess he's got a highlight reel. Uh, he played quarterback in Connecticut. And uh, it looks like likely projections as a wide receiver and punt returner for Notre Dame. So must have some quickness. Lacrosse players are quick. You know, they got to yeah. move around the field. That's the thing. They move around the field differently than football players do. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how, the, uh, how, he, uh, how he translates to football. Hopefully just as well as uh, Jordan Faison did. And that's all we got. So good luck watching the game this weekend. Wherever you watch it, if it's at a sports bar, that's great because Notre Dame is going to be on the Pac-10 network. Miss and um, is that is that an eight o'clock game too? Ooh, uh, dang! I already closed the window. I, got uh, I don't know. Notre Dame, yeah, seven o'clock game. Seven o'clock game on the Pac-10 network. Um, if you got Fubu, lucky you. Catholic Channel. If you got Sirius XM. Yeah, I could do that too. You know, a nice, you know, that was back in the day that, you know, sometimes it was nice to just say, I watched, I listened, sorry. I listened to the Lions game, Detroit Lions game uh, this yeah. past weekend um, while I was doing leaves out in the yard and it was great. And what mm -hmm. a comeback they made. And, um, you know, so it's just as exciting. I think visually you don't have it, but you know what? You put, put that in your head as you're listening to it. So, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, go Irish and uh, have a great week, Clutch. You too. Go right. Irish.